Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dorney's Vinyl. We are in the second half of season six. This is episode number 21 of 40. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is a weekly podcast, so every odd-numbered podcast is a album review, such as this one. Uh, two weeks ago, the album review was Styx's The Grand Illusion. And every even-numbered podcast is what I call an EP Extra Podcast. Half of those are games, guest-starring my wife. The game that we did three weeks ago was Fleetwood Mac or Meatloaf. And the other half of those are just little tidbits of information. So last week's EP Extra Podcast tidbit of information, uh, I reviewed uh, some of the people that we lost in 2023, some of the musicians that we lost in 2023. But we are on today's podcast. It's an album podcast. It is actually the double album of the season. So every season, I choose a double album to do. I think last season, what was last season? Last season's was Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and the season before that, I think I started in season four, it was Fleetwood Mac's Tusk. Um, and the reason I only choose one in a season, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of songs. Uh, this one took me a lot of time. Um, but this one is The Who's Tommy. Uh, so how I do my album podcast, I go through the artist, go through a little bit about the album, and talk about the personnel on the album, and then run through the track listing. So we'll start off with The Who. So they formed in London, England in 1962. Their original name was The Detours. They were active from 1962 to 1982, then in 1985, then 1988 to 91, 96 to 97, and then 99 to the present day. The main members of the band were Roger Daltrey, Pete Townshend, uh, John and Twistle, and Keith Moon. The Who has sold over 100 million records worldwide, and they have been nominated for two Grammy Awards. They were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1990, and they have released 12 studio albums and 58 singles. Uh, of their 12 albums in the U.S., the Billboard 200, they had nine top 40 albums and nine top 10 albums, so all of their nine albums that were in the top 40 were top 10. In the UK albums chart, 12 top 40, so all of their albums were top 40, 10 top 10s, and one number one. Uh, for their 58 singles, on the US Billboard Hot 100, they had 16 top 40 singles and one top 10. And on the UK singles chart, 24 top 40s and 14 top 10s. Moving on now into Tommy. So, it is the fourth studio album that was released by The Who. The album started with Pete Townshend looking for ways to progress beyond the norm at the time, which was standard three-minute pop songs. Uh, Co-manager of the band, Kit Lambert, also shared in Townshend's views, and he came up with the term rock opera. By 1968, Townshend was still unsure with how he wanted the band to proceed musically, and his friend Mike McInery told him about the Indian spiritual mentor Meher Baba. Townshend became intrigued by Baba's values of compassion, love, and introspection. I don't know if this is the same Indian spiritual mentor that the Beatles were really into, because the Beatles were like a couple years before that, and I feel like he uh, it was like definitely a sham. But I don't, yeah, I don't think it's the same, but who knows? Uh, also, at that time in 1968, the band was struggling commercially, uh, and they were in debt due to their live performances consisting of either Townshend smashing a guitar or Keith Moon destroying his drums every show. Imagine having to buy a drum, sit, drum kit 
or a guitar every single show. Townshend decided that the band should record songs that stood well in isolation, but also formed a cohesive whole, and he also wanted the material to be able to be performed live, as the Beatles and the Beach Boys were mostly producing music that was not designed for live performances. In, August, in an August of 1968 interview with Rolling Stone, Townshend talked about a new rock opera uh, describing the 11 pages of plot in detail. Tommy was released on May 19, 1969, peaking at number 4 in the U.S. and number 2 in the U.K. Reviews of the album are positive. Robert Criscow of Village Voice, I think it's Village Voice, gave it an A-. I couldn't find his written review, I don't think he had one, but he, did, he graded it an A-, which is incredible for Robert Criscow. Rolling Stone Magazine rated it 4 out of 5 stars, as did the Encyclopedia of Popular Music and Music Hound Rock. And Richie Unterberger of All Music rated it 4.5 out of 5 stars. Writing retrospectively, quote, Though the album was slightly flawed, Townshend's ability to construct a lengthy conceptual narrative brought new possibilities to rock music. Despite the complexity of the project, he and The Who never lost sight of solid pop melodies, harmonies, and forceful instrumentation, imbuing the material with a suitably powerful grace, end quote. The album was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998 for historical, artistic, and significant value. Rolling Stone magazine ranked the album number 96 on its list of the 500 greatest albums of all time in 2003. A film adaptation of the album was done in 1975, featuring appearances by Elton John, Tina Turner, Eric Clapton, and Jack Nicholson, amongst many others. And the album certified two times platinum in the U.S., with two million copies sold. The personnel on the album, in, uh, it's just the band The Who, so Roger, Roger Daltrey is on vocals and harmonica. Pete Townshend does vocals, guitar, keyboards, and banjo. John and Twistle does bass guitar, French horn, and vocals. And Keith Moon is on drums and vocals. And the album was produced by Kit Lambert. Moving on into our track listing now. So all of the tracks on the album are written by Townshend unless they were noted otherwise. So track one is Overture, which features samples from the rest of the main songs on the album. Track two is It's a Boy. Track 3 is 1921. Track 4 is Amazing Journey. Track 5 is Sparks. Track 6 is The Hawker. So it was written by Sonny Boy Williamson II. And Williamson actually wrote the song and released it in 1951 with the title Eyesight to the Blind. It's incredible to me that, that it fits into this album. Track 7 is Christmas. So the lyrics describe how Tommy's father is worried about Tommy's future on Christmas morning due to being deaf, dumb, and blind. Uh, the song is praised by critics, with Rolling Stone magazine calling it a prime, a quote, prime Pete Townshend song, end quote, and James Perrone calling it, quote, perhaps one of the best sleeper tracks of the collection, end quote. Track 8 is Cousin Kevin, which was written by John and Twistle. Track 9 is The Acid Queen. So the lyrics are about Tommy's parents' attempts to try and cure him by taking him to an eccentric gypsy, self-proclaimed the Acid Queen, who attempts to feed Tommy numerous hallucinogenic drugs. About the song, Townshend said, quote, The song's not just about acid. It's the whole drug thing, the drink thing, the sex thing, wrapped into one big ball. It's about how you get it laid on you that if you haven't, and then he continues, uh, there was there were some words in there that I didn't want to say, but he continues, taken 60 trips, drunk 14 pints, or whatever, society, people, force it on you. 
she represents this forest, end quote. And Tina Turner would actually cover the song in 1976. I don't think that it's related to the movie. Uh, I think she just covered the song. I think other people covered the song, too. Uh, and track 10 is Underture. Track 11 is Do You Think It's Alright? Track 12, Fiddle About, which was written by Entwistle. Track 13 is Pinball Wizard, which was released as the first single off of the album, which peaked at number 19 in the U.S. and number 4 in the U.K. The lyrics are written from the perspective of a local pinball champion who was astounded by the skills of Tommy. Uh, about writing the song, Townshend called it, quote, the most clumsy piece of writing I'd ever done, end quote. Uh, Cashbox Magazine's review of the song reads, quote, Retaining the joyful exaltation of early pop rock, the Who add a provici- proficiency and modernization that clicks with the accuracy of a Beatles gone heavy, end quote. And Billboard Magazine wrote, quote, it's a solid beat rocker with a lyric dedicated to the pinball machine, end quote. And Elton John was the one who performed the song for the 1975 film adaptation. Uh, his version peaked at number seven in the UK, did not chart in the US because it wasn't released as a single in the US. But arguably, I think his version is the best version. Track 14 is There's a Doctor. Track 15 is Go to the Mirror. The lyrics for this song are written from the perspective of a doctor who tells Tommy's parents that after testing, there's nothing medically wrong and that his problems are psychosomatic. Track 16 is Tommy, Can You Hear Me? Track 17 is Smash the Mirror. Track 18 is Sensation. Track 19 is Miracle Cure. Track 20, Sally Simpson. Track 21 is I'm Free. It was released as the second single from the album, peaking at number 37 in the U.S. Townshend claimed that the song was partly inspired by the Rolling Stones, saying, quote, I'm Free came from Street Fighting Man. This has a weird time shape, and when I finally discovered how it went, I thought, well, blimey, it can't be that simple. But it was, and it was a gas, and I wanted to do it myself, end quote. And then also, according to Entwistle, Keith Moon wasn't able to play the drums how Townshend wanted them played. So Entwistle and Townshend had to perform part of the drums for him. And the lyrics of the song describe Tommy's vision to spiritually enlighten others due to his sudden popularity. Track 22 is Welcome. Track 23, Tommy's Holiday Camp, which was written by Moon. And track 24, We're Not Gonna Take It. The Townshend originally wrote this song before coming up with the Tommy storyline, saying, quote, That particular song wasn't about Tommy's devotees at all. It was about the rabble in general, how we, myself as part of them, we're not going to take fascism, we're not going to take dreary, dying politics, we're not going to take things the way they were, the way they always had been, and that we were keen to change things, end quote. And in the storyline, Tommy's followers reject his new religion that bans drinking and drugs and centers around pinball. That is the conclusion of the informational section of today's podcast. I'm excited to get into the second half in which I go through my song rankings and opinions for 24 tracks, as well as my album scores. So stay tuned. All right, I'm back after that short little intermission. And I'm going to give you guys my song opinions, my song rankings, and my album scores. So how this segment works is I go through and listen to the album from start to finish and then you know I I go through write opinions of the songs as I'm going 
and then rank it at the end from, in this case, track 24 to track my favorite track. There, there's some, some of these songs were like 30 seconds though, so there's not going to be a lot, but I will just, I'll do my best here, so bear with me. We're going to start off with number 24, Tommy's Holiday Camp. This song just felt so out of place, and, and I was just like, what is going on with this album at the end? It sounded like a carnival. Uh, my favorite, favorite lyrics, they, they pretty much, my favorite lyrics for a lot of these are just the entire lyrics of the song. Favorite lyrics for Tommy's Holiday Camp. The camp with the difference, never mind the weather. When you come to Tommy's, the holiday's forever. And number 23, I have There's a Doctor. I liked their switch to the piano. The song was very upbeat. My favorite lyrics are this one. There's a man I found, could bring us all joy. There's a doctor I found, could cure the boy. At number... What's next? Number 22, Miracle Cure. This was another very quick song. Favorite lyrics for this one, extra, extra, read all about it, the pinball wizard in a miracle cure. At number 21, It's a Boy. So it was hard to fully know when the song switched from track one to track two, uh, but I liked the acoustic guitar on this song. It was definitely not a strong lyrical song because there was only like ten words. And favorite lyrics, the words being, it's a boy, Mrs. Walker, it's a boy. At number 20, Do You Think It's All Right? This was also a very quick song. Uh, my favorite lyrics for this one, Do you think it's alright to leave the boy with Uncle Ernie? Do you think it's alright he had a few too many tonight? And number 19, Fiddle About. Some of the songs were just brutal, as in like some of the words and what they were about. Although, I don't know if like bringing light to a problem is how I would necessarily des describe it, but like this song was, this song was about child abuse child sexual abuse, essentially, uh, you know, unfortunate, but quite frankly, the plot of it, when I was reading it, was actually really good, it was a very interesting plot, I'm surprised that rock musicians came up with that plot, well, I was just surprised, like, wh how, how or why did Entwistle end up writing both of the songs that were about traumatic experiences, my favorite lyrics, I don't even want to say favorite lyrics in this one, but I'm your wicked Uncle Ernie, I'm glad you won't see or hear me, just disgusting, but Alright, it's a song. Number 18, Tommy Can You Hear Me. I like the harmonizing of the three of them. So it was Townshend, Daltrey, and Entwistle. They harmonized so well on such a simple song. There was maybe four lines to this song that just got repeated a few times. Uh, and a very simple guitar strumming instrumental on this one. My favorite lyrics were, Tommy Can You Hear Me? Can You Feel Me Near You? Tommy Can You See Me? Can I Help To Cheer You? At number 17, I have Sensation. This is a very upbeat song, and I keep having to remind myself that this album and this song came out in 1969. It sounds like it is, like, years ahead of its time, and I also feel like this album had a big influence on Jim Steinman when he wrote Bad Out of Hell, because 1969 is about the time that Jim Steinman was, like, starting his writing career. I believe 1969 was when he wrote The Dream Engine. My favorite lyrics for Sensation... They worship me in all I touch. Hazy-eyed, they catch my glance. Pleasant shudders shake their senses. My warm momentum throws their stance. At number 16, I have Welcome. I was excited for this song because it's a song that's longer than average uh, than the average one on this album, and it sounds like it's going to be just a little bit slower. Uh, I like how there's a change of pace about halfway through this song, and I, it gets more up-tempo, 
Uh, the slowness was not what I thought it was going to be. I didn't think that I would like an album that had this much acoustic guitar on it. I really liked the false um, the false ending with a little bit of the soft sound effects at the end. And my favorite lyrics for this one, Come to this house, be one of the comfortable people, lovely bright home, drinking all night, never sleeping. At number 15, I have Overture. I like how slow that this is starting. I really like the build-up. Uh, it's really building my anticipation for this rock opera. And I was like, is that is that a trumpet? Or I, was, I think it's a French horn, actually. I was like, what instrument is that? The guitar sounds like a perfect mix of acoustic and rock. And like it's almost right in the middle. Now, there's nothing overly spectacular about this song. It's just setting the table for the rest. It does sound like a movie introduction song, though. Knowing what's coming on the album, I like how this song had inklings of them. And my favorite lyrics were, Captain Walker didn't come home. His unborn child will never know him. Believe him missing with a number of men. Don't expect to see him again. At number 14, I have Underture. Uh, I'm excited to see where this 10-minute instrumental goes. Uh, I like the guitar that started in the first 10 to 15 seconds or so. The Who did a really good job of having the drums and the acoustic guitar complement each other so well. And this might be the best drums or percussion on an album in Season 6 so far. There's a very interesting transition around the 2 minute mark. It almost sounds like it's like they're revving up. Unfortunately though, we got 4 minutes in and I feel like I've been listening to the same thing over and over. Uh, I was hoping that the next 6 minutes would be a little bit different. There's a bit of an instrumental change at the 7.5 minutes minute mark. Uh, but overall, for the most part, this song remained the same throughout. At number 13, I have Sparks. I had a hard time catching the transitions from song to song, but I think this one started with the more high-tech sounds and sound effects. Uh, it sounds like they replaced the acoustic guitar with a more electric guitar, and I really like the pace that this instrumental had. At number 12, I have Cousin Kevin. Uh, this song is kind of sad, uh, which makes it good because, it, you know, it bring, brought out a lot of emotion in such a simple song. Uh, this was, again, uh, a kind of a song about trauma and abuse by and twistle. I like the harmonies on this song. Um, I also really like the percussion and the drums on this song. There's really rapid-fire drumming as well as rapid-fire cymbal playing, but it doesn't take away from the lyrics or the vocals of the song at all. Uh, the lyrics to the song, like I said, really brutal. Uh, with, and my favorite lyrics being, You won't be much fun being blind, deaf, and dumb, but I have no one to play with today. Just a sad song. At number 11, I have 1921. This has the looks or sounds of a more conventional rock song, so I was looking forward to it. Uh, I like the lyrics for this song. The vocals are interesting, too. They aren't refined rock vocals, but they, and they kind of sound like just an average person singing. Uh, and the band has really good harmonies, though, too. My favorite lyrics, got a feeling 21 is going to be a good year, especially if you and me see it in together. At number 10, I have Amazing Journey. There's a high-pitched instrument at the beginning of this song that kind of hurt my ears. Uh, I really like the drums on this song. This is another strong lyrical song to push the story line along, and I feel like it had to be extremely difficult for them to write all of these songs to make a story. I mean, I guess it's essentially making a musical without making a musical. Um, the vocals on this song are some of the better ones that I've heard so far. Uh, it definitely sounds like Daltrey is the better vocalist than Townshend, at least vocally. That's what I just said. And favorite lyrics, sickness will surely take the mind, where minds can't usually go. Come on the amazing journey and learn all you should know. 
At number nine, I have Sally Simpson. This was another very solid lyrical story song. I liked the piano on this song. Uh, I haven't heard the piano too much on this album, though. I feel like this album took a 180 on this song and on side four. Like, side four, the first three sides were just, like, talking about Dumb, Deaf, and Blind Boy. And then you got the side four, which is just, like, he's got now, like, is he a cult leader now? This whole album gave me Vita Beatles vibes, at least the vocals of it do. And my favorite lyrics for this one, she knew from the start, deep down in her heart, that she and Tommy were worlds apart, but her mother said never mind your part is to be what you'll be. And number eight, I have The Acid Queen. Again, this song was giving me Beatles, Abbey Road medley vibes like Polythene Pam and Mean Mr. Mustard. I, like I said, Daltrey definitely has the stronger vocals in Townshend. Uh, although, Townshend is definitely the genius behind this song, as well as the whole concept of the album, um, but he should let Daltrey sing them. I like how this song has a little bit of like an instrumental break into it. I know that a lengthy instrumental is coming right after this track, but the songs could use some breaks too. My favorite lyrics for this one, Gather your wits and hold fast. Your mind must learn to roam. Just as a gypsy queen must do, you're gonna hit the road. At number seven, I have I'm Free. I liked the guitar instrumental at the beginning of this song. Uh, the vocal on the first couple words also had a unique sound to it. It kind of sounded like Beatles meshed with Blondie. This song, I don't... I don't know how, I don't know why. For some reason, it reminded me of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I like the acoustic instrumental at the two-thirds mark, and I think this was the only song on the album that had a two-third riff. My favorite lyrics were, If I told you what it takes to reach the highest high, you'd laugh and say nothing's that simple. At number six, I have Smashed the Mirror. I really like the opening drums for this one. I was about to say this is just another strong vocal, but it was Daltrey singing, so obviously that makes sense. And I really like the smashing sound effect at the end of this song. My favorite lyrics to this one, you don't answer my call with even a nod or a wink, but you gaze at your own reflection. At number five, I have We're Not Gonna Take It. I was really hoping that this is a solid conclusion to the album and to the story. I liked how they went to whispering on the chorus and it got like quieter and quieter. They were just like, at least the first part of it does. Um, this is another song that the drums are played very well on. I can definitely hear the influence of some of the other songs on this one as well. And it was a, it was a pretty solid conclusion. It wasn't perfect, but it was good. My favorite lyrics were, We're not gonna take it, never did and never will. We're not gonna take it, gonna break it, gonna shake it, let's forget it better still. And number four, I have Go to the Mirror. I like how this song switches between The Doctor and Tommy's Thoughts. I will say, while Townshend's vocals aren't the strongest, he compliments Daltrey very well. And the more that I think about it, especially on this song, they were geniuses. Absolute geniuses for how they wrote the songs. I really like the guitar on this song, as well as the drums. And my favorite lyrics being, His eyes can see, his ears can hear, his lips speak. All the time the needles flick and rock, no machine can give the kind of stimulation needed to remove his inner block. At number three, The Hawker. Uh, this song is so unique in the fact that it wasn't written by them at all, but it fits the storyline of the opera so well. Uh, it was written nearly 20 years prior. It has a very plucky instrumental to it. Uh, the vocals gave me Beatles vibes. I don't know exactly which Beatle it was. It might have been Paul. Uh, but the whole song just gave me 
Beatles vocal vibes. And my favorite lyrics to this one, You talk about your woman, I wish you could see mine. Every time she starts loving, she brings eyesight to the blind. And number two, Christmas. So they just went right into this song. Uh, the lyrics were the first thing that I heard, and this song also gave me Beatles vibes again. The background vocals on this song are really interesting, and it because it sounds like a like the the vocals sounds like a completely different instrument to this song. Their lyrics are very strong uh, on this song, at least. I think their instrumentals are slightly underappreciated, but this nothing is overly powerful on it. Uh, I haven't heard a Wow Factor riff all album or a music that counts riff. I like the middle portion of the song. Um, it also gives me like musical movie vibes. This would have been really fun to listen to live from start to finish. My favorite lyrics, and Tommy doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't know who Jesus was or what praying is. How can he be saved from the eternal grave? And at number one, no surprise, Pinball Wizard. Um, so Elton John's version of this song is absolutely iconic, as I mentioned in the first half. But I like how this version had the acoustic guitar introduction. I feel like this song was a turning point to the story, uh, and it's probably the best rock song on this album. Meaning, like, it, it, it could and it does stand alone on any album, and it's good. All of the instrumentals come together very well on this song and this album, too. This song had really good electric guitars. I like how this song had a bit of an instrumental riff to it. Uh, and my favorite lyrics, ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Soho down to Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. I almost was singing it. Uh, so that is my number one song, Pinball Wizard. So that will be my song opinions, my song rankings. Let me get into my album score now. So how I do my album score is uh, I give it, uh, I start, to start off, I give it a score based on uh, my opinion, out of 10 for lyrics, vocals, and instrumentals. Lyrically, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Uh, some of the songs I pointed to, Pinball Wizard, Sally Simpson, Christmas 1921. It would have gotten so much more if it didn't have those 30-second songs on it. Vocally, I gave this one a 7.5 out of 10. Would have gotten so much more if it was just Daltrey, but um, had to take the average. Amazing Journey, Tommy Can You Hear Me, Go to the Mirror, We're Not Gonna Take It, were the songs that I pointed to vocally. And instrumentally, a 7 out of 10, Overture, Pinball Wizard, Welcome Sparks, Underture, uh, were the songs that stuck out instrumentally. So those three categories will get multiplied by two, uh, and th when they get added into the final score. That's what I call the Dorney score. The final score is out of 100. I then give it a score out of 10 based off of where it charted in the U.S. and in the U.K., so in the U.S., it was a number four peak at it peaked at number four, so it got eight points. And in the U.K., it peaked at number two, so it got nine points. I then give it a score out of ten based off of where its singles chart. Uh, it was number nineteen. It had Pinball Wizard was number nineteen, and then it had another song that was number thirty-seven. I think I'm free. So you come two points for the nineteen, one for the thirty-seven. So three out of ten points for that. And the cover, I gave it a nine out of ten. A total score. Brings us to a 74 out of 100, which is a, a a very a very good score for season six, I think. Very good score. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of Dorney's Vinyl. Uh, if you're new, please go subscribe to me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, however you're listening to this podcast. 
Also, make sure that you're subscribed to me on Instagram at Dorney's Vinyl as well. Uh, we are in the midst of voting for season seven. There are some good albums out there. I want to make sure season seven. I personally think season seven has the potential to be one of the best seasons of this podcast. It's hard to say. I, it's hard. I think it's hard to beat season one though. You know, with Battle of Hell, Born to Run, Rumors, uh, and Thriller, Parallel Lines. Season one was good. But I think I think season seven has potential to, to top that. Uh, so I talked about that. Uh, if you're interested in growing your your vinyl record collection, I got 33s and 45s for sale on my eBay store, which is also Dorney's Vinyl. So check that out. And next week's podcast is going to be a game guest starring my wife of Scategories. That'll be the seventh time we're playing that game. That's a fun one to play. So stay tuned for that coming next week. I'll talk to you guys later.